was working super hard on a makeup tutorial show. She was teaching smoky eyes to folks out there who really wanted to know when some freaky deaky science stuff only understood by nerds. Zapped into old radio shows The kind you might never have heard Now she should probably be trying to get out But Madison, she's having fun Living an old-time radio life Our explanation is done Welcome to our one-year anniversary episode! To celebrate, we're doing an extended episode featuring the old-timey radio program, Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. From 1955 to 1960, the show aired one 15-minute episode each weekday night. The serialized story would start on Monday and resolve on Friday. Strap in, because we're going to perform one of those five-part stories for you. With some fun interludes in between each episode as a shout-out to this fantastic podcast community. Enjoy! From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar. Walt Albright, Johnny. Trinity Mutual Limited. Oh, hiya, Walt. How's your health? Terrible, since you asked. I got asthma, Johnny. Again? Yeah, I know. I get suspicious, I get asthma. Happens every time. Kill me, will ya? What's the case, Walt? Man named Eddie Kalin. C-A-Y-L-I-N. Out in Los Angeles. Died yesterday. $5,000 policy. Devil indemnity. What did he die of? Mysterious circumstances. Well, that's usually a fatal disease, all right. That's it, Johnny. That's all I know. Mysterious circumstances. The body was identified by the widow. I see. Our salesman out there can probably help you. She issued the policy only six weeks ago at the request of the widow. She? Then don't you mean saleswoman? Yeah, I guess I do, Johnny. Six weeks, one premium paid, signed by the widow. Tell me something. Would the beneficiary happen to be... That's right, the widow. Oh, this asthma's killing me, Johnny. You gotta do something about it. All right, Walt. Just call me doctor. Tonight and every weekday night, Bob Bailey and... Oh, it's not Bob Bailey. He's amazing, but, you know, dead. David Pinion is actually playing the role for us. Oh, I didn't realize. I'll say that again. Tonight, and every weekday night, David Pinion and the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to the Home Office, Trinity Mutual Insurance Company Limited, Hartford, Connecticut. The following is an accounting of expenditures during my investigation of the Kalin matter. Item 1, $198.20. Airfare and incidentals, Hartford to Los Angeles. I hadn't arranged for anyone to meet me when I arrived in L.A., so I picked up my bags and headed for the taxi stand. Mr. Dollar! Johnny! Stop already, would ya? (laughs) Well, hello there. Do we know each other, or is that just wishful thinking? I was waiting for you at the terminal, which is super weird, not having any TSA or metal detectors or anything. 
Like, seriously. I could have just hopped on any plane I wanted with a bomb in my purse, and no one would have stopped me. Perhaps you would have had a run-in with the ticketing agent. Kindergartners have more security at schools than your 1950s airports. Are we going to get around to an introduction? Because otherwise I have somewhere to be. Impatient much? Jeez, I'm only out of breath here, but no, let's do this on your time. My apologies. I'm Madison Standish. Oh yeah, you're the district salesman for, pardon me, saleswoman for Trinity Mutual. I think the PC term would be salesperson. Well, how are you, Miss Standish? Exhausted. I gave myself the standard two-hour window to get here, but like, LAX in the 50s is basically the size of a Costco parking lot with a plane in it. So I've had a lot of spare time. Come on. Let's add to my expense account with a cup of coffee. Coffee? I love you. Uh... Sorry. You don't know what coffee means to me. I have a Starbucks mermaid tattoo. If you play your cards right, I'll show you where. Expense account item two. $3.65 for coffee. The high price of the coffee was so I didn't have to pay the high price of actually seeing Madison tattoo. I really feel like crap about this whole Kalen policy thing. It's so very much my fault. I don't see how, unless you murdered Eddie Kalen. No, it's like I shouldn't have written the policy. I knew it right when it happened. Oh? What do you mean? I'm new to selling insurance, and I I kind of suck at it. Oh, it can't be that bad. Tell me, what happened when you met with the Kalins? Well, Mr. Kalin totally wasn't into it. Like, I'm following the handbook, trying to point out the retirement security factors in our multiple endowment plan, blah, blah, blah. You didn't actually say blah, 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 did you? No, I only say that if I run into words I don't know how to pronounce. I see. And the dude laughed at me. He was such a douche. I mean, I know this insurance stuff is a snorefest, but come on, you people called me. What about Mrs. Kalen? What was her attitude? She was flip side. Like, super serious. Wasn't she the one who actually applied for the policy? Well, not technically, because beneficiaries are not supposed to. It's a major no-no. Yeah, yeah, I know, but didn't she? I guess. I mean, she was the one who called and asked me to come out to talk to her husband. But you know how guys are. They neglect everything until the power is shut off and then you have to wait on hold with DWP for an hour and a half while they cut out to go to a bar so they don't miss the big game. I suppose. I don't know. He signed the application, but he acted like it was all a big joke. Like he was doing her a favor. And now it turned out to be a $10,000 favor. What kind of a woman is she? Well, uh, good hair. Dressed well. (gasps) She had these really cute 50s suit and skirt combos. I mean, what is she like as a person? I just told you. I can give you insight into a woman's soul entirely based on her choice of lip color. That's impressive. Honestly, though, I felt sorry for her. You could tell she was in a loveless marriage with a total tool. A real happy fella, huh? But Eddie Kalen didn't laugh himself to death. That happened to one of the girls in my sorority. She'd been sick with a really bad cough, so we all decided to cheer her up and watch The Hangover with her. Well, just at the part where the little naked Asian guy jumps on that dude's back, she started laughing so hard, she inhaled her cough drop. She was choking, but the rest of us were so drunk on vodka and NyQuil shots, 
that we didn't notice. We all got A's that semester. Uh-huh. So, Mrs. Kalen hasn't filed the claim yet? No, but I know she will. That's why I called Hartford. I knew they'd be totally pissed at me. I'm probably going to get fired. Oh, I've been in the insurance game a long time. If I've learned anything, it's that people are as unpredictable as blue skies on a rainy day. What's it like being an insurance investigator? That sounds tons more fun than selling boring old policies. Well, I wouldn't say fun, per se. Uh... Could you teach me? Like, be my mentor? I'm sure I'd be way better at investigating than selling insurance. I wouldn't sell yourself short. I'm, I'm sure you'll get the hang of it. Yesterday, I sold a life insurance policy to a test pilot for the Air Force. It's 1956. I didn't know you guys didn't have NASA yet. He's so gonna blow up in a rocket. Come on, help me out here. Well, I guess it couldn't hurt for you to tag along. Yay! What do we do first? I was gonna go see the police sergeant in charge of Eddie Kalen's case. Or, and hear me out, tacos. Expensing out item three. $12.35. Taxi fare to Pedro's Casa de Tacos, a sombrero platter, and a second taxi to the West Los Angeles Precinct Police Station. Okay, so who are we here to see? Well, the case isn't being handled by any of the usual departments. Oh, again, sorry about spilling that salsa on your shirt. Yeah, forget it. You can add the shirt to your expense account, right? Let's try and go easy on the expense account, shall we? Or Trinity Mutual will fire both of us. You must be Mr. Dollar. I'm Detective Sergeant Jose Reynosa. Good to meet you, Sergeant. Pull up a chair, Mr. Dollar. And who's this with you? Madison Standish. I'm his protege. Is that so? Well, hang her on at any rate. So, Sergeant, how is it that the Eddie Kalin case fell into your lap? That's a funny deal, Mr. Dollar. Facts of this case point in a lot of different directions. Homicide, accidental death, arson, missing persons. <gasps> this would make an amazing true crime podcast. Have you ever thought about doing that, Johnny? You know, part of learning to be an investigator is being quiet and listening. Oh, sure. Makes total sense. Sergeant, is it cool if I record you on my phone? Uh, you mind filling me in on some of the facts of the case, Sergeant? Yeah, I'd be glad to. Uh, is she really recording me? Yeah, listen. Uh... Is she really recording me? What is that device? Something you may want to confiscate if she continues recording you with it. Point made. Jeez, I was going to let you co-host. Back to Eddie Kalen. Sure. Last Thursday morning at 4.20 a.m., we got a call relayed through the fire department to investigate a burned automobile out by the Palos Verdes headlands. Mm Mm-hmm. The car was lying in the bottom of a ravine below the road, and it was a total loss. Apparently, the gas tank had burst and flooded the whole interior. How do you spell... Palos Verdes? No, what are you doing? I'm taking notes in the notes app. It would go faster if I could record. Just saying. How about you just practice sitting still and using your ears? I'm sorry, but my generation has been totally ruined to sitting and absorbing information. Like, I've got to surf the web during a TV show while playing a podcast at one and a half speed, or else I can't focus on TikTok. So, Sergeant, what did you mean by... Apparently, the gas tank burst. Well, the upholstery may have been deliberately soaked with gas. The arson squad isn't sure. I see. That's why this case doesn't quite fit into any niche, Mr. Dollar. Anyway, there was a body in the driver's seat burned to a cinder. Unrecognizable. But we did recover a few personal effects. A signet ring, a keychain, a wristwatch with a strap burned off, and a wallet. 
Badly scorched. Ew! Was the ring pulled off the barbecue guy's finger? I'm envisioning charred skin stuck to it. Okay, now the fajita I had isn't sitting well. Sergeant, I noticed the keychain has a metal tag with the address stamped on it. Yeah, that and a part of the driver's license are the only leads. Eddie Kalen lived at the August Terrace Apartments up on Sunnyway Drive above the Strip. So he went up there and ran into a second surprise. Was it another body? That would make a really good plot twist for the true crime podcast. Quite the opposite. Nobody home. We obtained access and found the place in a mess. There apparently had been a fight. Ooh, that's juicy. Yeah, um, a chair and a couple of lamps were broken and there were bloodstains in the living room. Oh, this is so good! Are you sure I can't record it? Quite sure. What about Mrs. Kalen? Located her the next afternoon. She'd been spending a few days at a friend's cabin up in Arrowhead. Can the friend confirm it? She was there alone. Had her own car. She might have come back to town that night, but we've got nothing to prove it. Or disprove it. Right. Just another one of those maybes. That's all this case is, a collection of maybes. That's perfect! Lots of potential for motives and murderers. This is true crime gold. Tell me, Sergeant, just who was Eddie Kalen? I told you already. He was a douche. No sympathy for the victim here. Got what he deserved. You knew him, Miss Standish? Maybe I should be asking you questions. Okay, the podcast host can't be a suspect. That doesn't work. I have to be an outside observer. I'd be happy if you observed from outside. Go on, Sergeant. Kalen called himself a promoter. He'd done a lot of things, been a bookie off and on, but mainly he was a gambler. Oh, and here's another maybe for you. How's that? According to rumors, Eddie was in an all-day poker game that broke up only a few hours before we found the car. The game was supposedly run by a big-time gambler named Tupo Laneley, and word has it that Eddie cleaned up. Something over $60,000. Wow, he must have been good. I think the most I ever won in Vegas was $200, and that was just because the blackjack dealer wanted to ask me out. There was no money found on the body? Nope. The dude was a charcoal briquette, but oh yeah, the paper money would have survived the fire. Have you talked to this Tapo? Sternly. We had him here for four hours this morning. He'd never heard of Eddie Kalen and wouldn't know a poker deck if he saw one. Spends all his spare time raising petunias and driving his dear old mother to church. Like that, huh? Like that. So here's another one for you. Maybe Tapo didn't like the idea of losing 60 grand and decided to get it back. Yeah, that blackjack dealer ended up getting fired by the casino. But I like to think I made it worth his while. Or maybe the widow wanted the insurance, or could be someone else took a crack at him. And it's possible, of course, that Eddie mailed the 60 grand to a blonde in Milwaukee and just ran off the road by accident. No, let's not go with the accident angle. It should be a crime if it's a true crime podcast. Well, I have to agree with Miss Standish on that one. My hunch says it's murder, not an accident. Why don't you poke into it, Mr. Dollar? See what you can find. Yeah, good idea. Come on, Madison. Where are we going next? I'd like to speak with Mrs. Kalen. Oh, the widow? That's a good starting point. She's out at their apartment. There's the address. Aw, I was hoping we'd grab lunch. Lunch? What were those tacos? Look, I could eat tacos at any time of the day. They don't necessarily constitute a meal. (sighs) We'll see. Oh, uh, just one other thing, Sergeant Reynosa. When you gained access to the apartment, I assumed the door was locked? Yeah, it took a little effort. What kind of a lock? Automatic night latch? Spring cylinder? No, it was an old-fashioned warded bolt. The type that has to be locked with a key. Mm-hmm. What are you getting at, Mr. Dollar? Oh, a hunch of my own, Sergeant. See you later. So for swinging by the Strip, I know this great little Mediterranean restaurant? We're supposed to be working a case here, Madison, not working our way through an ethnic dining experience of greater Los Angeles. 
God, you're like my sister-in-law. L.A. is full of amazing restaurants. But the only place she wanted to eat was the Cheesecake Factory. Ugh, so suburban. Expense account, item four, $2. Taxi for Madison to go to her Mediterranean restaurant and for me to continue on alone to the Kalen apartment. Madison wasn't all too happy about having to pay for her own baba ganoush, but it did save me some time and another item on this expense account. Keep the change. The August Terrace Apartments, like most of them in that section, sprawled up the hillside above the street, six or eight apartments on as many levels. The Kellen's apartment was at the top. I was still 50 feet from it when another taxi drove up. Hey, Johnny! You got money for the cab? Madison, I thought you were eating dinner at that restaurant. I placed the order, then I had to make a phone call. And when I turned around, you were gone. Thanks for ditching me. Hey, buddy, the lady said you were gonna pay me. (sighs) Yep, hang on. Here, keep the uh, change. So you've been notified too? Notified? Yeah, when I called to check in at the office, you know. My boss is so thrilled about me training with you to be an investigator. He said it was a good career challenge because there was nothing more he could teach me to be a better salesperson. (gasps) Isn't that sweet? Uh, yeah. So, what were you notified about? Oh, he said they'd gotten a wire from the home office in Hartford? I'm guessing that's a 50s version of what? A fax? What did the wire say? Mrs. Kalen had filed under the double... Blah, blah, blah clause of the policy. Double blah, blah, blah? Having trouble pronouncing indemnity? No, I was having trouble remembering indemnity. Indemnity. In, indemn... Okay, I'm having trouble pronouncing it. Well, I've got news for the widow. The claim won't be paid immediately. In fact, if my hunch is right, this claim is not going to be paid at all. Whoa, trumpets! Okay, I guess that's the end of the first episode. Now, here's our star to tell you about tomorrow's intriguing episode of this week's story. It won't actually be tomorrow. We're going straight into the next episode. Oh, I I see. Now, here's our star to tell you about the next intriguing episode of this week's story. And it's really this month's story, because we only do one show a month. (sighs) I got this. Next, a lovely girl lies, cries, crosses her heart, and hopes to die. And a killer fires from the dark. Join us, won't you? Which should probably be stay with us, won't you? Because we're just going to a quick promo break. Sure. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Wait a minute. Have you heard the strange and unusual stories of the Forgotten News Podcast? If you aren't already listening to the Forgotten News Podcast, then this ad is for you. Guaranteed true stories from history, but not the ones you've learned in school. The Forgotten News Podcast features stories that are obscure, mysterious, weird, and wild. Don't believe us? What about the story of the teenage girl who committed the last stagecoach robbery? The man who jumped off the Brooklyn Bridge on a bet! 
the farmer who vanished into thin air in front of witnesses. That's right. With the Forgotten News Podcast, you get stories that range from serious to silly to sad. But we guarantee that each tale is true. The Forgotten News Podcast. Listen today. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar, Mrs. Kalen. And Madison Standish. Remember me? Sold you the insurance policy? Hi! Hi. Uh, yes, both of you. Do come in. Was there a problem with the policy, Miss Standish, that you brought in an insurance investigator? Oh, I'm not here in a sales capacity. I'm training under Johnny to be an investigator, since I kind of got into trouble for selling you your policy. <laughs> I don't see why. Eddie signed off on it. And now that he's gone, I have a right to the money. Oh, this is classic spouse murder. Perfect for the true crime podcast. Do you mind if I record you? What? Madison, this is going to be the shortest mentorship in history if you don't stop with that right now. Blah, blah, blah. That's not for a word I can't pronounce, by the way. But for one I try not to say on this show. Please, sit down. Thanks. How many keys are there to that front door? Keys? Well, just one. Of course, Eddie had one. Why? What difference does it make? Just about enough difference to hang somebody. Tonight and every weekday night, David Pinion and- Remember what I just said? This isn't an every weekday night thing we're doing. It should be something like, now or- Whenever you're streaming us on demand. Fine. David Pinion and the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. From Special Investigator Johnny Dollar, location Los Angeles, to the Home Office, Trinity Mutual Insurance Company Limited, Hartford, Connecticut. Assignment, the Kalen matter. Expense account continued. That's quite a dramatic statement, Mr. Dollar. Are you prepared to name that somebody who may get hanged? Do they actually still hang people in the 50s? I know France used the guillotine up until the 1970s. That's some Napoleon Viva la France stuff right there. I don't have any names yet. All I want to do is ask you a few questions, Mrs. Kalen. Sergeant Renosa already questioned me for hours. There's nothing more to answer. Will you go now, please? Refusing to answer questions. Classic spouse did it. I'm sick of being under suspicion. Of being accused. I'm not accusing you of anything. All I'm after is some information. And if you refuse to give it to me... You're probably guilty. Guilty? Classic spouse did it. Good night, Mrs. Kalen. No! Wait, Mr. Dollar! Don't go. I'm sorry. I've been under such a strain. Forgive me. That's all right. Forget it. Wait, does that mean she didn't do it? Madison, this is insurance investigating, not insurance jumping to conclusions. But that's the fun part! Trying to guess who did it! Who exactly did what? Eddie died in an accident. Right. And that's where our investigation will begin. It's a matter now of trying to reconstruct Eddie's life step by step, right up until the moment he died. Ugh, that sounds like a lot of work. Is there a Cliff's Notes version? Mrs. Kalen, 
Can you remember anything about any places where your husband usually hung out? Mostly bars, but I can only think of two. Mm-hmm. What are their names? The, um, the Jamaican Emerald on Santa Monica Boulevard and the Brass Monkey Inn down on the Strip. What difference does it make? Eddie wasn't killed in a bar. Nobody probably met people there, talked to them. You'd be surprised how much bartenders see and hear and remember. Truth. When I thought my boyfriend was cheating on me, I paid the bartender at his favorite club to report back to me about him. Turns out my boyfriend wasn't cheating, but I still dumped him for the bartender. Free drinks is free drinks. Now who could that be? Excuse me. You know, it'd be nice if you wouldn't go around accusing people of murder. Even when I have a suspicion, I don't just blurt it out to the person in question. Ooh, secretly suspecting them while being super nice to their face? I'm totally down with that. That's how I caught the girl who was stealing my lip gloss in high school. That was the first time I got my sister suspended. Yes? Delivery for a Miss Madison Standish from King's Kebabs. Ooh, that's the food I ordered! Hope you like shawarma! I suppose I can take it. Thank you. Wait a minute. This is pay-on delivery. Pay-on de- I got it, Mrs. Kalen. What? I got enough for everybody. Expense account item 5, $22.98 for the Mediterranean dinner Madison ordered. Oh, make that $23.98. I forgot about Madison's cab I also had to cover. I wanted to waste the feast before us. Madison, Mrs. Kalen, and I sat down at the dining room table to eat. I still hadn't made up my mind about Mrs. Kalen. Did I think she wasn't involved in her husband's death? Or was I secretly suspecting her? Honestly, at that point, I thought it could go either way. So, what questions do you have for me, Johnny? Johnny, is it? I seem to be at a disadvantage, Mrs. Kalen. I never got your first name. It's Lila. Johnny, are you going to finish your falafel? It's all yours. Thanks. <laughs> I am sorry for being so forward just then, Mr. Dollar. Johnny is fine. Lila. All right, Johnny. Lila, you done working on that gyro? Um, I suppose. Great, thanks. Perhaps I should get on with the questioning. How do you think it happened? I don't know. Not some enemy, because Eddie didn't have any. Just friends. Too many friends. There's no such thing as too many friends. You get enough friends and you become an influencer. Cha-ching! And who are some of Eddie's friends? There's only one who really fits the definition. Who really lasted. His name is Pete Steimer. Pete Steimer? Where can I find him? You can't. Or at least the police haven't been able to. No one's seen him since that night. Ooh, I bet he did it. What did I just say about not announcing your suspicions? I just announced it to Lila, not to Pete. And now she'll think I suspect Pete and not her. You see what I did there? Here, just have my hummus. Thanks. So, Lila, what about Eddie's other friends? The ones who don't last? Oh, they drift in, drift out. Depending mostly on whether Eddie had any money at the moment. Of course, there were women. Oh? Told you he was a douche. Showgirls, mostly. Dancers, strippers, and so on. Ever hear any of their names? I always made a point not to. Otherwise, I would have killed him long ago. Did you kill him, Mrs. Kalen? Hmm. Formal again, huh? No, I didn't kill my husband. Secretly suspecting. Did you love him? Hmm. That's a good question. 
I don't really know. I feel all hollow and smashed up inside over what happened, and yet there were times when I would have killed him myself if I had a gun. But there were other times, too, when he was just so crazy sweet that you'd want to die because you knew it would never be like that again. That was the way it was with Eddie. That's why women flocked around him. And that's why they always ran from him later. You didn't run. <gasps> oh, don't judge her on that! I've been there, girl. I've stayed in relationships that should have ended at the appetizer. Do you want my last cabal? <laughs> Thanks. Were you trying to run when you went up to Arrowhead by yourself? Maybe. We had a fight. I ran out and told him I wasn't coming back. And only three days later, over the radio, I heard where he'd been found dead, burnt up in his car. <laughs> I guess they call it shock. I still can't really believe it, even though I know it's true. Well, I guess you should know. I understand you're the one who identified the body. <gasps> you had to identify his crispy remains? I bet that image is burned in your head. <gasps> oh, God! Pun not intended. I... Uh identified a wallet, a wristwatch, and a ring. All of them things that I'd bought for him. They told me there wasn't anything that could be called a body. Well, that's good at least. I hit a squirrel once and that image stayed with me for months. Let's get back for a moment to another question. You said you were sure it wasn't some personal enemy that killed your husband. Then what do you think? Well, the same as the police, I guess. That he'd won a lot of money that night from some gambler named Topo Laneley. I suppose that's why Eddie was killed and the money wasn't found. Oh, right! I forgot about the gambler guy. I bet he did it. <sighs> did you know about the money, Mrs. Kalen? It all happened while I was up at Arrowhead. Anyway, if Eddie ever had any money, I'd be the last one to know about it. He always spent his money where it would show. Not at home. Never. I'm sorry. Like you said, I didn't run. I guess maybe I did love him, Mr. Dollar. He didn't deserve you. Is there anything else you need to know? No, I guess not. And I think I owe you an apology. What for? For walking in here with a preconceived opinion. For being rude. For being wrong. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Forgiven. Forgotten. I need a hug! Oh, Oh, my. All right, Madison, time to go. You hang in there, okay? We'll come back as soon as we hear anything. And we'll totally pay you the double indemnity. Ind indemnity. Ind indem... We'll definitely keep you informed about the case, Mrs. Kalen. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Another tip to being an investigator is not promising the beneficiary she'll get a payout before we finish the investigation. Are you going to find some technicality so you don't have to pay her? Like what, his death was out of network? No, wait a minute. If the claim is legitimate, it gets paid. Why were you selling insurance if you thought we're ripping people off? You try finding a job in the 1950s when you can only type with your thumbs. Hold it. Somebody just slipped off the corner of that terrace and hid in the shadows of that shrubbery over there. Are you sure it wasn't just a raccoon? We had one that kept setting off our light's motion sensors. You stay here. I'm going to get a closer look. Careful. My brother tried that and ended up with an ass full of rabies shots. I stepped off the porch and moved toward the dark hedge of banana and scrub palm. I was watching for a sudden attack, but nothing happened. Then I heard a slight sound from the next terrace slope. I stopped at the head of the steps and listened. Nothing. 
The only way out to reach the street was to come past me. I started searching, on guard for an ambush, when... Johnny! Should I be trying to get a cab or what? Distracted. I was caught off balance. All I could see was a dark shape and a glint of metal and an upraised fist. I grabbed the arm and twisted it into his stomach. He rolled to his knees and raised his right hand. Again, I saw a glint of metal. Active shooter! I jumped for him, grabbed his hand, twisted it back, and at the same time I swung my foot and kicked him in the jaw. Call Sergeant Reynosa, will you, Madison? <sighs> Don't worry, I got the whole thing on video. Dang it! I forgot to hit record. That happened to me when I saw Ryan Reynolds at Trader Joe's. I stalked him through the entire store, and then all I had to show for it was a restraining order. The guy's out cold. Let's see about getting an introduction. Are you allowed to just go through the dude's pockets? I couldn't even go through Ryan Reynolds' garbage. Well, I'm a bit old-fashioned. I like to know the names of the people who take shots at me. Ah, here's his wallet. Huh. Huh? What huh? Meet Topo Lanely. Whoa! That was a dramatic moment, wasn't it? Now here's our star to tell you about the next intriguing episode of this month's story. Next, we meet a Latin doll from Santa Monica, an erudite bartender, and a Terpsichorean ecdesiast. And they're all in the cast. Stay with us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Okay, I might have gone back in time to these old-timey radio shows, but Vintage Video Podcast is a full-on 80s flashback. Check them out! On the Vintage Video Podcast, we'll be reviewing every major film release of the 1980s on their 40th anniversaries. John enters the store now to order another can of ether. I picture him outside like Homer with the gasohol. <laughs> one for you, one for me. I also like to think about that the kids renew their vow not to talk about the murder. By, by murdering someone. <laughs> They're taking a blood oath with someone else's blood. This stuff is seven times more powerful than uranium. And yeah. they, they open up the vault that it's contained in, not wearing any kind of protective nope. gear. Yeah. And it's wooden crates. Wooden crates. It's like the guys in Chernobyl picking up the graphite rocks yeah. and going, eh, because there's rocks. Hugging the elephant foot. <laughs> just like, oh, this thing's smooth. It's so warm. He turns to dial the number from the classified ad without even thinking about the numbers. <laughs> we know this because we can hear his thoughts and he's talking about how AJ was right that ninjas are misdirecting him. They're misdirecting him. I really wish that he'd turn to the phone and been like, six, six, five, five. <laughs> no, no, that's two, that's two, five. Vintage Video. We're rewatching the 80s so you don't have to. From Hollywood, it's... Actually, our show is made in North Hollywood. You know, if that matters. It doesn't. It's time now for... Johnny Dollar. This is Renosa. Oh, hi, Sergeant. Any luck? It's the Sergeant. Put it on speaker so I could hear. I'm trying to talk to Sergeant Reynosa. Do you mind? It's my office. Come on. Uh, hang on a moment, Sergeant. Fine, get on the extension. The what? The other phone. Pick up the other phone. Are you gonna conference me in? No, just pick up the other phone. I just pick up the other phone and he's, what, on the line? Hello? Is that you, Sergeant Sexy? Yes, it's Sergeant Reynosa, Miss Standish. Holy gah! How did you do that? Please continue, Sergeant. What happened with Topo Laneley? Nothing. This Topo Laneley boy has been in jams before. He's a tough cookie and we don't scare him a bit. What's his story about last night? Says he was walking through the courtyard of the apartment house when you jumped him from the bushes. Claims he thought it was a stick-up and fired that shot at you in self-defense. Okay, he's totally capping. He was hiding in the bushes! The only time it's acceptable to hide in bushes is when you've been served with an unfair restraining order. Ryan Reynolds. We can hold him overnight for carrying a concealed weapon, but that's about all. Johnny, he'll make bail in the morning. 
Well, fine, let him. Things aren't adding up, and it's got him worried he's being double-crossed and he's fighting mad about it. On the loose, maybe he'll be a help to us. How? Maybe you can find Eddie Kalin. Um, fact check? Eddie's burnt toast. Wanna bet? Now, and... uh, On demand? Nailed it! David Pinion in the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account. America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. From Special Investigator Johnny Dollar, location Los Angeles, to the Home Office Trinity Mutual Insurance Company Limited, Hartford, Connecticut. Assignment, the Kalen Matter. Expense account continued. You actually think Eddie Kalen is still alive? It's just a hunch. I was once taken in by a death hoax about Taylor Swift. I don't see why they had to call the police just because I was demanding to see her body. I was distraught. I never did get my megaphone back. I'm still thinking about how the police found the door of the Kalen apartment locked on the night of Eddie's death. Locked with a key. But what about Topo Laneley? Seriously, what kind of name is that? He doesn't sound like a big-time gambler. He sounds like a clown no one wants at their birthday party. Unfortunately, a hunch isn't proof. And proof is what we have to have. Expense account item six. $14.10 transportation to, and incidental to that, a dim little hole-in-the-wall bar out on Santa Monica Boulevard called the Jamaican Emerald. Well, they've certainly gone to 11 with their Caribbean theme. I expect to see Jack Sparrow behind one of those palm fronds. Yeah, if you ever wanted to drink out of a coconut, now's your chance. Ooh, could we put that on the expense account? Disregard what I just said. You would like a nicer table, amigo. Did she just address you and completely ignore that I'm sitting right next to you? I am sorry. I did not see you there, senora. Uh, senorita, thank you very much. Ah, not married then? Uh, no. A new romance, perhaps? OMG, he's like my dad's age! I've only ever dated one guy that super old. And it was only because I was flunking chemistry. You're a real asset to my ego. Perhaps I shall leave you then. No, please. Sit down and let's get acquainted. I'm desperate for good conversation. Oh, are we grilling her for information? (sighs) I was trying to do it a bit more subtly. Grill me? Please, sit down. I'll buy you a drink. Take it. It's like pulling teeth to get this guy to put anything on his expense report. Well, maybe. For a few minutes. My name is Pepita. I'm Johnny Dog. This is Madison Standish. Sup? Now, what'll you have? A champagne cocktail. I want one of those coconut drinks. All right, already. Here's a couple of bucks, Madison. Get whatever you want from the bar. (gasps) My favorite words. Next to, the test came back negative. For you, Pepita, here's ten bucks. What I want from you is some information about a customer who comes in here a lot. Or used to, anyway. Eddie Kalin, you know him? You're not the police, or you would not give me ten dollars for just talking. Sure, I know Eddie. What do you want to know about him? When did you see him last? On Thursday, the day before he was killed. How did he act? What did he say? Anything out of the ordinary? He said he loved me madly, passionately, devotionally. And if I do not love him too, he will kill himself. Just like ordinary. (sighs) Que hombre. 
he was how you say he was the most <laughs> quite a boy Johnny I can't buy the drinks the bartender wants an ID and my driver's license says I haven't been born yet then sit down do you want that I should get some drinks that'd be great I'll take whatever comes in a coconut let's just focus on the question so my ten dollars doesn't walk away hmm Pepita how long was Eddie here that night Kesabe. One hour, perhaps? By himself? No, with his amigo, with Pete. Pete Steimer? See? Si. Have you seen Pete since then? No. I do not think nobody has seen him. What about women? Women? Yeah, other girlfriends of Eddie's. Next to you, of course. Ew, you dated a married man? If you don't know he's married, it's not your fault. But if you do know he's married, you are a lady douche. See, si, I know. But I not take Eddie for serious. Duchette. Any of his other women work in the nightclub here? Eddie? He was too smart for that. In each one place, only one girl. That way, no trouble. Eddie was smart. No, Eddie was a player. Just like that stupid chemistry teacher. You know he only gave me a B. What about girls in other places around town? Do you know any of them? Well, there is a place that is called the Brass Monkey. Oh, yeah. They have girls there which, um, uh, how you say, they take off some clothes and go jump around to music. Okay, that could either be strippers or cheerleaders. Be specific. Yes, strippers. <laughs> Somebody always make jokes with me about how one of those strippers, <laughs> they say Eddie is seen with her. They think to make me mad, but he's no difference to me. I know how he is. I hope he at least bought you jewelry. And not just something one of his other students made in metalworking. Do you know the girl's name? Oh, yes. It is a very silly name which she is make up. It is Marty Midnight. Marty Midnight. That doesn't sound like a stripper name. That sounds like a drag name. Is the Brass Monkey a drag club? Ooh, that would make an interesting twist for my true crime podcast. Maybe. All I know is she has black hair like me. But mine is natural black. Because she wears a wig! Well, thanks for some pleasant conversation, Pepita. Let's go, Madison. We're leaving? I didn't get my coconut drink. Maybe you'll have better luck at the Brass Monkey. We're going to the drag club? I haven't been to one since I hosted my sister-in-law's bachelorette party. And I don't care what she says. If you're not rowdy at a drag club, why are you even at a drag club? Expense account item 7, $23.40. More transportation and some more of those incidentals. This time to the Brass Monkey Inn. That name had come up twice now. Eddie Kalen's widow had mentioned it first, so I figured we'd better have a look at it. <laughs> well, the Jamaican Emerald was a library compared to this place. This isn't a drag club. They're all just regular showgirls. Sorry to disappoint. They aren't even strippers. I mean... Where's the pole? Seven lively dolls all in a row, but none of them with black hair. Come on, let's go chat up the bartender. You owe me a drink. Ugh, this indoor smoking. It's like a nicotine fog machine. Yeah, I got a feeling it'll take a moment for that bartender to spot us. Ah, here he comes. Sorry, Buster. Just couldn't see you for looking at you. That's all right. Who'd bother with a customer while that floor show is going on? Another art lover. Man, I tell you true. On that stage is the cream of the crop. Seven shining sisters. The Pleiades, brother. 
the absolute top zenith of the entire ecclesiastic firmament. Okay, they're not all that. I've been backstage at cheerleading competitions and have seen some of the tightest asses on the planet. You looking for a job, sweetheart? We're just looking for a drink. Scotch over ice. Checko! Do you have anything that comes in a coconut? No, but I got everything that comes in a shot glass. Tequila, then. Hmm, lady got herself some exquisite sapidity for resplendent beverages. Okay, I understood the Spanish-speaking woman better than this guy. I read a lot. That's where I get all them big whites. Always trying to better myself. Admirable. I got a system, too. A shortcut. You know all them books around? You know what they're full of? No clue. I never read a single assignment for English. Whites. And you know where they get them? From the dictionary. So I don't mess around. I go right to headquarters. The only book I read is the dictionary. The dictionary? That come in an audiobook? I read it through twice. And now I'm clear up to J on the third time round. Do you know what a Joss house is? A house where Joss Whedon lives? It's a Chinese temple. Bingo. How about those drinks now? Oh, I'm sorry, Buster. Here you are. Say, you're pretty smart yourself. Oh, I'm a pedant. That's with a P. Now, now, won't get to that for another three months. That's two bucks even for the drinks. Here you go. Keep the change. No, thanks. Well, hey, this is a 20 you give me. Good. Keep them coming. Slow down, Madison. We're still working. Working? Say, what is this? All I want is some information. Like what? Like where is Marty Midnight this evening? Oh, that I wouldn't know. She ain't been around since, uh, uh, maybe not for the last four or five nights. Since Eddie Kalen was murdered. Is that what you were about to say? Police? Insurance investigators for Eddie Kalen's policy. Now set up another shot. <laughs> Eddie Kalen with insurance? Who's the beneficiary? His wife. Well, I never met the gal, but I guess she's got something coming. Oh, man. That cat could operate. Of course that impresses you. You gotta be a pretty classy guy to work in a strip club. Work here? I'm the manager, dollface. I hire him, fire him, and in between, admire him. Man, oh man, what a life. Well, you definitely found your calling. Do you know a friend of Eddie's named Pete Steimer? Sure, I know him. He hasn't been around either. Disappeared that same night, huh? Yeah, yeah, that was a bad night all around. There was another guy that dropped out of sight, too. Hood named Mike Kelso, one of Topo Laneley's boys. You know Topo? Comes in all the time. He's a... Hey, wait a minute. You must be the cat that broke his arm. Ha! Well, congratulations and felicitations and happy days. I'll have a drink on that myself. You want another shot, sweetheart? Always. Real popular boy, huh? I understand he got his start leaning out of his baby carriage and shoving his mother under a car. Was he in here that night? Sure. I told Eddie to stay clear of that game. And was I right? Oh, definitely. I learned my lesson when I played strip poker with the Phi Beta Kappas. They were so PO'd because I wore a ton of layers. But it was winter! So the only poker they got that night was a card game. And you think Eddie was killed for the 60 grand he won? Buster, that's the type of question I never answer. And that's exactly why I stay so healthy. Well, you don't have to answer. That's where all the logic points. 
Eddie was invited into one of Topo Laneley's big-time poker games and was plenty lucky. Laneley decided he wouldn't stand still for it, so his muscle man, Mike Kelso, went around to Eddie's apartment, beat him up, got the 60000 bucks, took Eddie out to the Palace Verdes Hills, ran him off the cliff, and set fire to his car. That works. Okay, investigation over. Set me up with another shot. But there are a lot of loose ends. Like, what's happened to Pete Steimer and Marty Midnight? Scared silly and hiding out. Good answer. Mike Kelso? Same thing. He's sweating it out to see which way the wind blows. Or there's whispers around that he double-crossed Topo and ran out with the dough. Oh, that's a good twist. I like that. I'm doing a true crime podcast about Eddie Kalen. Can I use that? As long as I remain unnamed, unclassified, unidentified. Anonymous. Oh! A police! A raided again! A raid! Quick! Flush the stash! Oh, wait. I don't have a stash. Relax. It's not a raid. Hey, Red! Dump that water bar whiskey down the sink! Jackie, get back there and tell the girls to cover up! Take it easy, you cats. Keep your seats. Everything is copacetic. It's not a raid. It's Sergeant Reynosa. He's been handling the Kalin case. Buster, a cop's a cop. No matter what, he's handling. Red! Give me them bottles! What the devil are you two doing here? Nothing illegal. Are we? No, we're just having a drink. That's what I told the cop who pulled me over. It's called hard lemonade. What's up, Sergeant? I'm looking for a girl who's supposed to work here by the name of Marty Midnight. So are we. What's your reason? Suspicion of murder. No, it wasn't Marty. We're going with Topo Laneley. Not the car accident. This is a fresh one. A guy was killed in Marty's apartment about an hour ago. Neighbors heard the shots. It's really crazy, Johnny. We got a fast check on the fingerprints. Do you know who the guy was? Sure. It was Eddie Kalen. Oh, okay. That's a good twist. Now, here's our star. I mean, Johnny thought he was alive, and he was, you know, until he wasn't. Yeah, I'm trying to do my job here. I'm sorry. I just thought that was cool. Don't worry, Jonathan. I got it from here. Uh, Thanks, David. I really don't know why I even bothered coming in today. Next, a stakeout, a manhunt, and a tired man breaking his heart to keep life in a broken body. Stay with us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Are you feeling tired of your usual podcasts? Fed up with the same topics and tedious chit-chat? Then you need to try Cult Connections. What does Cult Connections talk about? Cult Connections is a podcast that finds the links between films, TV shows, books, and more. Three tasty flavors in every episode. Three? You heard correctly, three. Three different movies and how they're connected. Three different TV shows and how they're connected. Three! Wow, that's like getting three different discussions in one podcast. That's right. No flim-flam, just 100% great content. Now that I've started listening to Cult Connections, I'm so invigorated, my husband started coming home early from work. Cult Connections. Three tasty flavors anywhere you get your podcasts. From North Hollywood, it's time now for... Madison Standish. Give me that phone. Johnny Dollar. You know, this technically is my show. Johnny? Well, that's strange. Is this Mrs. Kalen? Oh, it's Lila. How's she doing? Someone from the police department asked me to call Sergeant Renosa at this number. Yeah, Renosa was trying to reach you, but your phone didn't answer. Say hi for Madison. Quiet. 
We're at the apartment of a girl named Marty Midnight. Ever hear of her? No. Why? Lila, you'd better brace yourself, honey. You've got another shock coming. Shock? What do you mean? Madison, give me back that receiver. Lila, Eddie didn't die in the car accident. Eddie? Eddie's alive? Oh, I hadn't finished. Now he's for sure dead. I'm looking right at his bloody corpse. Who did it? Johnny, we still thinking Topo Leanly on this one? Give me the phone. Lila, we don't know who did it. Hang on to yourself. We'll come by and see you as soon as we're done here. Would you, Johnny, please? Promise. Oh, dang it. Anybody got a towel? I just stepped in his pool of blood. David Pinion, Transcribed Adventures, Expense Account, etc., etc. Okay, now you're not even trying. Um, yours, yours truly, Johnny Dollar. From Special Investigator Johnny Dollar, location Los Angeles, to the Home Office, Trinity Mutual Insurance Company Limited, Hartford, Connecticut. Assignment, the Kalen matter. Expense account continued. Look, I said I was sorry. I tried to step around the blood, but it's all over the floor. Just let the homicide squad finish up, huh? The body's gone. I just wanted some pictures of the crime scene for my true crime podcast. It'll be great for marketing. Ooh, maybe the cover art. I'm tired, Johnny. Just plain dead dog tired. Yeah, it's getting to be a long night. Dude, is that Griffith Park across the street? How could she afford this place? She must be making bank as a stripper. So, talk to me, Johnny. You weren't surprised when you heard Eddie Kalen had been alive all this time. Well, it started with a hunch when you told me you found the door of Eddie Kalen's apartment locked when you went there that night he was supposed to have died. Yeah, I know, locked with a key. You mentioned that, but... Oh, he has been going on and on about this lock and key thing. Is there a point to be made? Because otherwise, I think we should get breakfast. You're hungry again? I need pancakes to soak up my tequila. If it had been a door with a nightlock or a spring latch that snaps when it's pulled shut, it wouldn't have been anything. It still isn't, as far as I'm concerned. Sergeant, you want to grab breakfast? Look, there was evidence that there'd been a fight in that apartment that night. We had assumed that somebody had knocked Eddie unconscious or killed him there, and then taken his body out to his car and driven it to the Palos Verdes headlands and set fire to it. That's right. But clearly somebody had taken the time to stop and lock the door. Oh, I know! When you think you're going to get caught for something, you're in a hurry, so you wouldn't stop to lock the door. And bingo was his name, oh? Uh, right. The heat was on. They had a body on their hands. Maybe somebody had heard the fight and called the police. They had to get out fast. This is almost exactly how I got fired from Applebee's. Yeah. So, under those circumstances, can you imagine anyone taking the time to go through Eddie's pockets to find his door key and then bothering to stop and lock the door behind him? It's illogical except for one person, Eddie himself. How do you figure? With him, it would be just a matter of habit, locking the door as usual when he left home. All right, Johnny, I see your point. Then how do you call the play that night? About the way we've been tagging it, up to a point. Eddie won 60000 bucks in that poker game with Tabo Lanley. But when Mike Kelso went to get it back from Eddie, it was Mike who lost the fight, and he's the burnt nugget in the car. Boom! Probably did it with Pete Steimer's help. Then he faked his own death to take the gambling money and get away from poor Lila. Oh, we gotta pay her the double anemone. Indemnity. No, we can't yet. We don't know how Eddie died this time around. Pete and Marty have disappeared again, and the sixty grand is still missing. Find them, you find the money. Ooh, 
Ooh, the stripper mistress lands the man, but murders him to run off with his best friend. This is so close to true crime perfect. Are any of them celebrities? Did a local car ad something? Of course, Johnny, there is one other possibility. What's that? Topo Laneley. Was he out? Yeah. Unfortunately, a good lawyer on his side and a poor case on ours sprung him two hours before the shooting. I got it. Watch the blood. I am. You think I want to be traipsing my Italian leather boots through blood? Probably one of the uniform boys on duty outside. Do your uniformed boys go undercover as hot young girls? The policemen outside say for me to come to you. French hot young girls? What can we do for you? I am Jeanette Dubois, the person who reports the shooting on the telephone. Come on in. Watch the blood. Oh, mon dieu. How come you refuse to give your name when you phone the police? You, Captain? Sergeant Reynosa. This is Johnny Dollar and... <laughs> Madison Standish. Hey. Is that jacket Christian Dior? It is so fit! You are also police? I have been the fashion police. With your ensemble, though, get out of jail free card. Why wouldn't you give your name when you reported the shooting, Mr. Dubois? I'm very sorry, monsieur. You see, I have not been in this country too long, and I'm afraid that I will be uh, implicated. So I do not give the name at first. But finally, I think it over. I call my friend at the consul. He say I must come to you immediately. He's right. And if you cooperate with us now, we can forget about you not telling us sooner. Wait, aren't there anonymous tip lines? Witnesses who come forward have to give their names? You could be a lot less dicky to her. She's putting her life at risk talking to the cops. My life? At risk? No, not at all. Madison is not a police officer, as you can probably tell since she's once again standing in the victim's blood. Oh, Madison. What? Ah, damn it. So, Miss Dubois, you heard the shooting? Oui, monsieur. I was walking past in front. I live three places down from here. All of a sudden, there is a bang, 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 and I am scared to pieces. I can imagine. Then the door of this place, it, uh, it slam open very, very quick. And I jump in the shadow behind the bush. A girl come out, and then she stop in the door. What did she look like? It is too dark for telling good, but I've seen her before. I know from her hair. Very long, uh, black. Marty Midnight. Midnight. Jinx. Was that the one, the girl who lives here? Oui, monsieur, but I did not know her name. All right, what happened then? She's standing in the door for a second, and she's wearing a, how you say it, a blanche, a white raincoat. She's holding something in her hand, this thing she wipes with the raincoat all over. Then she throws it back in the room. A gun? gun? Jinx times two. I think so. Then she pulls the door shut and runs down the street. Then I hurry home very fast and telephone to the police. You didn't see anybody else? No, Monsieur Dallaire. I watch from my window until the police come, and nobody else has come out or go in. Thank you for your information, Mr. Bois. Does that mean I can go now? Yes. Just leave your name and address with the officer outside. And the name of the store where you bought that jacket. Certainly. Au revoir. That kind of surprises me. I can figure the two of them together ganging up on Eddie, but apparently it was just Marty, Marty Midnight. Midnight. Jinx times three. You owe me Coca-Cola and a big cookie. Oh, Madison. I'm still drunk on tequila. Pancakes are the cure. You've been informed. What the devil? Come on, Sergeant. Ah! Okay, somebody needs to clean up this blood. The patrolman stationed at the back entrance of the apartment house told us what happened. He'd surprised a man lurking in the bushes beside the house. The prowler fired a shot and ran. He paid no attention to the order to halt. The patrolman had fired twice and missed. 
The fugitive had escaped into the dense underbrush of Griffith Park just across the street. Within five minutes, Sergeant Reynos's men had blocked off a 15-acre area of the slope. Well, what do you say, Johnny? Should we go in after him? It looks like we'll have to. Uh, insurance investigator question? Aren't we just regular citizens? Why would we be going after an armed fugitive? Especially with this many cops around. Well... Just admit, it's because you're the lead in the show and that it otherwise doesn't make any sense. The same way your being in my show doesn't make any sense? Touché. Call it, Johnny. Who do you think's the assailant? I'm putting my money on top old Laneley. Good bet. Let's go. Couldn't be any darker out here. Yeah, I can't see a thing. Ah, Madison, what is that? The flashlight on my phone. You're welcome. Well, at least the guy with the gun can see us clearly now. Starting to agree that insurance investigators shouldn't be out here. At least not ones who have no idea what they're doing. Don't blame the student. Blame the teacher. All right, we've got you surrounded. Better come out with your hands up. Yeah, that always works. Thanks, copper. I think I heard something. It's over to the left. Let's take a look. Watch yourself, Johnny. He's thrown lead once already. Good point. I'm going back. I really don't like being shot at! This is your last chance. Keep away from me! I've got no choice, Johnny. Wait, hang on. Are you going to shoot him? What about tasers? Oh, they probably haven't been invented yet. Uh, Billy Club? Against a gun? I'm taking the shot. He's down. Come on, Sergeant. Well, what do you know? It wasn't Topo Lanely. It was Eddie Kalen's friend, Pete Steimer. Oh, well, great. I just stepped in his blood, too. You're putting new boots on that expense account of yours. Expense account item eight. One dollar for a newspaper, two packs of cigarettes, and a cardboard carton of hot coffee purchased from an all-night diner across the street from the Queen of the Angels Hospital. You got all of that for only a buck? Why are you interrupting my expense report? I thought you were going to wait for me in Pete Steimer's hospital room. He's unconscious. It's boring. He did take a bullet to the chest. Hey, where are the donuts you said you were going to get? I forgot. Oh, but you remembered to get two packs of cigarettes? Quite the white trash breakfast you got there. Come on, let's get back to Pete's room. You think your expense account could handle a quarter for the vending machine so I don't have to have cancer for breakfast? See? Still unconscious. Where? Where? I'm gonna hit the cafeteria. See if I can find a breakfast burrito or something. Quiet, Madison. Pete's waking up. Are you sure? Because I've been watching him drool on himself for over an hour. Where am I? Take it easy, Pete. Eddie. Eddie. Is Eddie here? No. Eddie's not here. He ought to be here. No chance of that. Dude's dead. It's... it's always been like this. Relax now. It's all right. Eddie always runs out and... Easy now. Easy. And leaves somebody else to... to... face the music. Pete. Pete. Looks like Pete's gone to face the music. And there's the music. Hey, where's the announcer guy? Dude, it's the end of the episode! Can someone check the craft services table for the announcer guy? I think he's a little upset with you. Why? What'd I do? Perhaps you stepped on his lines a few too many times? Ugh, diva much? 
Okay, I got this. Now here's our star to tell about the final intriguing episode of this month's story. There. Okay, David, just one more episode to go. (sighs) Next, a quarry run to earth, a strange alibi, and a shocking twist at the wind-up. Stay with us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. OMG, you guys, there are so many audio dramas I can't listen to because I'm stuck in the past. This is a trailer for Book of Constellations. Go listen to their show and then you can tell me how awesome it is. I know you got questions about him. Where did he come from? How did he do all those things they say he did? Was he a terrorist? Was he crazy? Was his skin really blue? Well, I'll tell you what I know. I was there with him, driving through the back roads under the stars. I was witness to wonders and miracles, and to the darkness that's coursing through the veins of our country. He came to fight it in his own strange way, but no one leaves that fight unchanged. Not even Rael. People ought to know the truth. And I was there. The Book of Constellations is a down-to-earth sci-fi road trip. It's audio fiction, and you can find episodes at bookofconstellations.com or wherever you get your podcasts. From North Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar. Sergeant Reynosa, Johnny. Oh, I was just going to call you. Pete Steimer is dead. When? A few minutes ago. He almost regained consciousness for a few seconds, but that was all. There was no chance to question him. It's a shame. He might have been able to clear it up for us. I think maybe it is cleared up, Johnny. Or will be, at least, in the next hour. What do you mean? We picked up Marty Midnight. When? Where? A few minutes ago at the bus depot with a ticket for San Diego in her hand. I haven't talked to her yet. They're holding her downtown. Why don't you meet me there? Fine. Right away. Is, uh, Madison still with you? She's at the diner across the street having breakfast. No chance of maybe making it over here... Unaccompanied? (laughs) I've managed to evade a tale or two in my day. See you soon, Sergeant. Do you need me over there, David? Nope. Nope, I'm good. You just finish your breakfast. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Now, David Pinion and the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator. Yours truly... Johnny Dollar. From Special Investigator Johnny Dollar, location Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotta hurry before she gets back. Okay, you're here. Expense account final page. Item $9.60. Taxi from the hospital to police headquarters. Interrogation room. Sergeant Reynosa already there with Marty Midnight. She was younger than I'd expected, maybe 22. Obviously scared. I tapped on the door and the jail matron let me in. Come in, Johnny. Take that chair. Thanks. When do I get to see a lawyer? You go by the name Marty Midnight? That's right. I said, when do I... What's your real name? How long have you been in Los Angeles? Where did you live before that? You see what we got a hold of, Johnny? Yeah, I see. One of those wise ones. She thinks if you're ever arrested, keep your mouth shut. Somebody told her that back along the line, and she thinks it's good advice. I want 
a lawyer. Don't talk and they can't pin anything on you. She believes it. She'll probably still believe it right at the door to the gas chamber. Ditched me again, huh, Johnny? You can't get away from me. I got the tracking skills of a bloodhound. Fantastic. Although, bloodhounds will fixate on a scent and chase it without stopping to eat or drink until they literally collapse and die. Isn't that sad? Are you my lawyer? Aw, no, sweetie. That's so obviously wrong. But do you need one? Yeah. You'll see one at the usual time. You're not being deprived of any of your legal rights. Now what's your real name? Wait, hang on. If she asked for a lawyer, the questioning is over. Madison, don't interrupt. Yeah, the questioning's over. You haven't said anything, have you? You shouldn't talk without your lawyer present. Madison! I'm not gonna let you bully this poor... You're the stripper, right? Yeah. I'm not gonna let you bully this poor stripper out of her rights. Well, then I guess we'll have to contact her folks. Contact my folks? <laughs> Who are they? Go on, tell me. Well, let's see. Oh, yes. Mr. and Mrs. John R. Cook of San Diego at 4426... How did you find out? And your name is, or was, Jean Luann Cook. Don't let my folks know, please. I'll talk, Sergeant. I'll answer anything you want to know if you just won't use my real name. If you won't let my folks find out, please. Well, if you're going to blab it anyway, do you mind being recorded? You see, I'm working on this true crime podcast. Suddenly, Marty was just a frightened kid. Not a hard-boiled little chorus pony. A scared girl who didn't... Madison, stop recording this. What? You don't want evidence you talk to yourself? Never mind. Just get back to the scene. Did you know that Eddie Kalin was married when you started going around with him? Not at first. And later you found out, but you kept on going with him. Well, he said he was getting a divorce. Oh, girl, they always say that. He said he'd been trying to get free of his wife for six months, but she wouldn't let him. Yep, yep, yep. Same old, same old. Just think to yourself, do you want to become the wife of a guy you know cheats on his wife? Well, I... I don't know. Madison, maybe we could save the dating advice for after the police interrogation, hmm? I don't know if I really believed him. Until he came to me that night and said we were going to run away to Mexico together. The night he killed Mike Kelso? Yeah, but I, I told you. I didn't know about that until two days later. And it was self-defense. Honest. Mike was trying to hold him up to get back the money Eddie won in that poker game. It was self-defense. Then why did Eddie go into hiding? It was his chance to get away from Lila. These are the red flags, girl. Where were you going when the police arrested you in the bus station? San Diego. To my folks. Nobody here even knew me by any other name except Marty Midnight. I didn't think you could trace me. And you didn't want to be traced? Of course not. I came back and saw the police car at my apartment, and then I knew you'd found Eddie. I didn't want to be mixed up in it. Why did you kill him? Kill who? Eddie. It wasn't Eddie. It was Mike Kelso. Eddie is the one who killed him in the fight. I told you that. You know it wasn't Eddie because you picked him up at my apartment, didn't you? Oh, you guys didn't tell her. Tell me what? Ed be dead. What? He's across the street in the morgue. Why did you kill him? No. No, I didn't kill anybody. I didn't know Eddie was dead. I was coming home and I saw the police car and I thought you'd found him. That's all. I didn't know he was dead. Honest. Honest. You hear that? Honest. Cross my heart and hope to die. Well, maybe she will. Poor kid. I don't think she did it. A witness saw her leave, saw her wipe off the gun, throw it back into the apartment. The lab boys are making a paraffin test now for the clincher. Still, it's a nice red herring for the true crime podcast, but I'd rather it be Tapa Lanely. 
Well, in true crime, you can't always write the ending you want. Taxi! Taxi! Where are we going now? We promised Lila Kalin we'd see her and tell her what happened. August Terrace Apartments, West Hollywood. You got it. Oh, geez, do we have to? I'm probably gonna cry the second she opens the door. If you still want to be an investigator, you might want to try curbing your every emotion, especially in front of the client. I can't help it. I relate too much to Lila. It's not that I don't want to date nice guys. I just always mistake the bad guys for nice guys. Now that I can't help you with. What can I say? I have the dating instincts of a bird building a nest on a freeway overpass. Expense account item 10. $2.80 taxi fare to the August Terrace Apartments to talk to the widow and beneficiary, Lila Kalin. Oh, Johnny, Madison, come on in. Oh, Lila, I'm so sorry. Uh, can I get either of you a coffee? <laughs> or something harder? Irish coffee? Sure. Johnny? Coffee. Black. Thank you, Lila. Is it all over now, Johnny? Well, they've apparently got the killer. Who? That stripper Marty Midnight he was gonna run away with. Can I record you for my true crime podcast to get your reaction? I think you're reacting enough for everyone in the room. Possibly for all of Los Angeles. Why? Why did she do it? The money, I suppose. They haven't found it yet, but they will. Here's your coffee. Thank you. Is it strange that I feel sorry for the girl? Maybe because I feel sorry for myself or anybody who ever got mixed up with Eddie. Girl, now that it's over, I say you take the insurance payout and treat yourself. You deserve that money for putting up with him. Like the time I sold off all of my cheating boyfriend's guitars, amps, and speakers and stuff and bought myself a really cute pair of shoes. I deserved it. Well, who could that be this early in the morning? Oh, it might be Sergeant Reynosa. I told him we'd be here. Hello? You know, I think I should focus my entire true crime podcast around Lila. She's really the victim in all this. She represents all women who have ever loved a douche nozzle. I suppose that's one way to approach it. Oh, yes. Just a moment. You were right, Johnny. Thanks. Yeah. Hold on to your hat, Johnny. It's wide open again. What do you mean? The paraffin test. Negative. What? What? Shh! What? Marty Midnight hasn't fired a gun in the last two days. She was telling the truth, witness or no witness. So it looks like Topo Leanly again. Sergeant, wait. Huh? What was Marty wearing when they picked her up at the bus depot? Why, uh, the same thing she was wearing when you saw her. Skirt and sweater. Did she have a coat on? Uh, a short jacket. What are you getting at? Hmm. Johnny? Sergeant, can you come out here right away? To Lila's place? Why? It's important. Believe me. All right, Johnny. Right away. Then this other guy I dated borrowed my car to have parking lot sex with a waitress at Denny's. And then there was... Oh, Johnny. Uh, What was it? Lila with the coal black hair. It is beautiful. Although, I would point out the necessity of conditioner with L.A. water. Split end, sweetie. It's a war we all fight. Pepita has black hair, too. And Marty Midnight. Eddie only liked dark-haired girls. I find I transcend type. The only guys who won't date me are gay. So with them, I go shopping. Yep, Marty has long black hair. 
But what she doesn't have is a white raincoat. She doesn't? I could take her shopping. I got the name of Jeanette's boutique. You won't have to take Lila shopping, though. She already has a white raincoat, don't you, Lila? What? Where is it? Here, in the closet. Johnny. What's going on, Johnny? Uh-huh. Would you look at that? So what if Lila has a white raincoat? A witness saw a girl leave Marty's apartment right after the shots, but it was dark, and all the witness could make out was black hair and the white raincoat. What do you mean? The witness saw the girl wipe off a gun on the front of her coat, then throw it back into the apartment. Yeah, I remember. I was in that scene. So? So Marty Midnight never fired a gun. And there are smudges on your white raincoat, Lila. <gasps> no! It's no use denying it. Renosa is on his way out here. They'll make a paraffin test and prove you fired the gun. They'll probably dig up the taxi driver who took you out there. They'll search the place here and find the money. Was that it? The money? Was that why you killed him? I believed you! I trusted you! I shared falafel with you! I didn't mean to do it. While I was talking to you, I, I suddenly wondered if it might have been somebody else's body in the car. I knew about Marty Midnight, of, of course. I knew about all of them. Then after you'd both gone, I went there. I waited until I saw Pete and Marty leave, and then I forced my way in. So what happened? Eddie was furious. We argued, and he drew a gun on me. He threatened me. We struggled, and... So that's going to be your pitch, huh? A plea of self-defense? That's it, Johnny. Self-defense. I buy it. She didn't mean it. She, she was just protecting herself. R right, Lila? Like I said, Madison, in true crime, we don't get to write our own endings. I don't think I've cut out for this true crime podcasting. I think I'm too emotionally involved. I'll stick to insurance investigating. About that. So, lunch? Expense account item 11. $263.35. A last meal from Madison, Cantonese. At that point, I figured, why break from precedent? And finally, plane fare back to Hartford. Expense account total, $546.33. End of expense account, end of report. Remarks. So the question is, why do girls put up with the Eddie Kalins of the world? There you are, announcer dude! Come on, it's the end of the show! Don't pretend like you didn't see me! <sighs> and why does anyone put up with Madison Standish? I heard that, David. Over the course of its life, yours truly, Johnny Dollar, was voiced by eight different lead actors. But old-time radio enthusiasts nearly unanimously agree Bob Bailey is the favorite. CBS had been running the series as a traditional half-hour drama, but after a year off, came back in 1955 with Bob Bailey and began the five-part serial format. Now, with 75 minutes to create a story and character relationships, the show became one of the most well-written and envisioned programs of the era. Unfortunately, in 1960, CBS decided to move the show's production to New York from Hollywood. Bob Bailey didn't want to relocate and left the show. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, after 886 episodes, starting as far back as 1948, aired its last episode in 1962. Radio historians cite the last episode of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar as the last true broadcast of the golden age of radio. Year two? What? Whether you're new to us or have been along for the ride from the beginning, thank you so much for listening. And hey, 
to celebrate our anniversary, I'm going to give away a free Madison on the Air sticker to anyone who signs up for our e-newsletter. Our newsletter gets you sneak peeks, my behind-the-scenes blog, and other not-found-anywhere-else Madison stuff. Totes free, by the way! To sign up, go to our website, madisonontheair.com. Now stick around for the credits, because we couldn't have made it this far without these amazing actors. Bye! Madison on the Air was written and produced by Chrissy Talon Sage with music composition and audio engineering by Jeremy Sage. The role of Madison Standish was played by Chrissy Talon Sage. Johnny Dollar was played by David Pinion. Other actors in the cast were Jeremy Sage as Sergeant Reynosa, Laura Christine Elliott as Lila Kalin, Marnie Warner as Marty Midnight, Bill Jenkins as Walt Albright, Sharon Gruenwald as Pepita, Tom O'Connor as the bartender, Jade Stewart as Jeanette Dubois, Aaron Stahl as Pete Steimer, and Jonathan Winstead as the annoyed announcer. Yours truly, Johnny Bravo. <laughs> oh, Johnny Bravo, thank you very much.